So she is probably best known as the founder of the National Domestic Workers Union of America. When she was three, there was severe damage to her optic nerve. Oh. So she was actually blind until she was nine. Oh my gosh. And then at age nine, she started domestic housework. When it was clear that she was able to see, they put her to work. Late 1940s, she's working for this woman. Her boss says, it's a 13-hour day. She's at the end of the day. She says, I need you to stay a little bit longer and do more dishes. She refuses. The white lady called the police. What? Who took her to the county jail for a psych evaluation. What? Yes. For refusing to work more than 13 hours. Yes. Oh, my God. That's like the, is that the first record of a Becky incident? Clean 13 hours a day every day. One house. Yeah, but if you think back then, they didn't have a lot of conveniences. Like, there, were pro- there was not a vacuum cleaner. There is There's not a dishwasher. Welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women from history. I'm Justin Xavier. I'm Sarah Gorski. And I'm Sam Eggers. And today we're going to be talking about Dorothy Bolden. Dorothy uh, Bolden? Yes. So have you heard of Dorothy Bolden? I no, I have not. Uh, so this, I, I discovered her through a meme. I know you... <laughs> Discover meme a, respect. A, lot, meme respect. <laughs> a lot of these women I find just searching the hashtag like women in history mm-hmm. or like badass women or female empowerment, something like that. But mm-hmm. and I take screenshots and save them. So this was Same. just one of them. And I, I'm like scrolling through and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. So, yeah. so Dorothy Bolden, born October 13th, 1923, mm. died July 14th, 2005 at age 81. So she is probably best known as the founder of the National Domestic Workers Union of America in oh, Atlanta, Georgia. Yes. Get it, Dorothy. Yes. Unionize. Yes. And she was a powerhouse in terms of politics and getting things done and organization in particular. But, you know, the story starts off rough for her. When she was three, she fell or was dropped or something and there was severe damage to her optic nerve. Oh. So she was actually blind until she was nine. Oh my wow. gosh, three to nine? Yeah. And then Ooh. and then at age nine, she started domestic housework. Like she just, just oh, like you, you can just see? Like you do. Yeah, like you go to work. Just like came back one day? Uh, I think, I don't know if it came back one day or if it like slowly was getting better over time. Oh. But I think when she when it was clear that she was able to see, they put her to work. Oh, oh my gosh. Just straight Wait, into... what part of the country? Where she, was she? Uh, Atlanta. Atlanta. So her uh, mother was a housekeeper and her father was a chauffeur. So everyone worked full time trying to support the family. She continued to go to school up until ninth grade when she was forced to drop out because she needed to support the family. She just needed to work. So basically since nine, she just worked and worked and worked and never stopped. When she became an adult and decided that she wanted to chase her dreams or pursue something she wanted, she tried to attend a school for dress designers, but her poor eyesight really held her back and she wasn't able to do like the knitting. Yeah. The site like came back, but it was still bad. Mm, And I doubt she had money for glasses or any kind of anything, right? So during World War II, she worked at Sears and the National Linen Service, which is where she recognized early efforts for unionization. She cites Martin Luther King Jr. as an early influence because they were neighbors during the civil rights movement. No way, really? Yes, they were neighbors. (laughs) She lived by Martin Luther King. 
they were neighbors they were friends she helped him organize he helped her organize they like led this charge together i didn't even exactly i had no idea like when you hear about the civil rights movement you hear martin luther king's name you hear malcolm x you hear all these men i've never heard the name dorothy bolden but she was she's abroad exactly she was there the whole time well and some people don't want us to hear about union organizers because some people don't Mm. like unions. a lot of people don't like unions (laughs) (laughs) but i'm pretty i'm pretty excited about them oh Oh, unions man unions they're necessary so this is one of the craziest stories but i mean maybe someone's heard it but in the late 1940s she was working for a white woman working in her house mostly she did domestic work and they were working like 13 hour days making three dollars and fifty cents a day for the same white woman yeah Mm. that's a lot of cleaning yeah (laughs) that's like yeah like clean 13 hours a day every day one house yeah, but if you think back then, they didn't have a lot of conveniences. Like, there, were pro- there was not a vacuum cleaner. There is There's not a dishwasher. They didn't have a machine. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, and also, you're taking care of the kid. Like, uh, you're just in charge. Like, you're the mom and, while and we're living our lives. Right. It's like the help. Like, they just lived in the house, basically, and did all of the work. Granted, that movie makes it seem like White Lady did all the work. And mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we don't, won't talk about that. I don't like that movie. It's fine. So, late 1940s. She's working for this woman. Her boss says, it's a 13-hour day. She's at the end of the day. She says, I need you to stay a little bit longer and do more dishes. She refuses. Dorothy says, I'm not going to do it. So the white lady called the police. What? Who took her to the county jail for a psych evaluation. What? Yes. For refusing to work more than 13 hours. Yes. For refusing to stay late. Because she had other commitments after her 13-hour shift. Like, she, she has a family, her own family, right? And, like, kids at home and she, stuff she that were waiting s- for her? I think she had six children. Oh, my God. That's, like, the... Is that the first record of a Becky incident? Probably. Maybe. The first oh, in, in record. My God. So, she talked about this in, in 1995. She gave a speech about this. And this, it happened in the late 1940s. So, it clearly had an impression on her. It stuck with her for 50 years. She said, they said I was crazy because I had talked back to a white woman. A white woman's word was gospel, and two psychiatrists actually thought I was crazy. That's how you got locked up. That was the system. They locked her up? They didn't lock her up, but they did have her, like, pronounced insane. And I I think she was able to go after that, but they brought her to the police station for refusing work. Jeez. Nothing else would terrify you. I cannot believe that. Mm -hmm. That is the biggest crock of shit ever i could not believe it when Stay i read this dishes. no you're an insane person you must be you must be out of your mind to say no to me talk about a power trip mm-hmm. white women <laughs> so anyway she and martin luther king were building relationships with families all across atlanta and because maids each had their own boss and none of them were working for a corporation organization and especially education were absolutely critical mm-hmm. so they focused on teaching every person that they met with these are your rights these are workers rights also we're going to campaign and fight to get you more so if they say you have to do this you don't have to do it and we will be with you like call us and we will be there hell yeah so she gained the assistance of the urban league waok which was an atlanta radio station 
and a growing community, because they went out every day to get more support, to unionize, essentially. And she was she said, we aren't Aunt Jemima women, and I sure to God don't want people to think we are. Fuck yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Yes. She was outspoken. And every quote that I found from her is like gold. <laughs> I'm going to oh have so God. many quote posts to make. <laughs> I feel like I need posters of her words on my wall. She, she's amazing. So yeah, she spent her time advocating for training and education for domestic workers. She tirelessly supported community efforts for affordable services and housing, uh, at one point, the city was going to raise the bus fare, and she campaigned against that and said, if you do that, you're only hurting the poor people, and you're going to screw yourselves over in the long run because they're not going to be able to get to work and do your jobs anymore. Fuck yeah. And so they this didn't raise the fare. Yes! <laughs> oh my God, she's amazing. <laughs> so by the end of all this work that she did, she had organized in 10 cities and gotten 13,000 women job referrals or helping organize. What a network. Yeah. Like by what year around time? Like uh, oh, I didn't. Yeah, sometime by the end of her organizing, that before the union started. That's a huge amount of organization on, like, on your own. When I think about the logistics of getting that done, mm -hmm. it terrifies me. And we have the internet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, and phones in our pockets. Yeah. It's a, I, I, I can't even comprehend how she knew to do this with a ninth grade education working 13 hours a day. I don't, where did she I mean, get, she obviously, she was like well connected smart, and, and, and a very smart. smarter than like just yes. her education. Oh, like, right. She was a woman who knew how to get things For done. For sure. Man. And she knew the right people. She was resourceful. She already knew yep. King. And so he was, uh, yeah, that's. Had to help. <laughs> One of the things that, this is another one of her quotes, she said, these women are still struggling. These women have built this country with the sweat of their brow. Their parents worked in the fields. You look over your shoulder and wonder if the field is still there. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Like you, you say you ended slavery, but we're all just working tirelessly still. So yeah. uh, are Truth we in power, a field? Man. Truth to power. She was not afraid. So I, I don't know which two years this was, but I found a, a statistic that uh, during a two-year period of time that she was working, uh, in, she increased Atlanta wages by 33%, won all of the uh, house workers' workers' comp and Social Security benefits. Oh, wow. my God. That's massive. Just in Atlanta? Yes. I mean, Atlanta's a huge... I mean, anyone who was a part of the union, the, the domestic wow. workers' union. That it was is a huge victory. I could not believe I never heard about this woman. Where is the domestic workers' union today? Atlanta. It, well, it's where it's headquartered. But I wonder if there's... I'm, I'm thinking even just about Los Angeles. I wonder if oh. there's... A, you know, if, there's if they a, have a chapter or something? Yeah, if there's out here or if it... I don't know. I've never... I, I hadn't heard about it before. I wonder if it's even still around. I didn't yeah. look up. Yeah. Hmm. Did a lot of good research. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, she also, one of the other things that she did, she registered thousands of African-Americans in Atlanta to vote. And her her organizational skills uh, eventually reached the Nixon administration, who appointed her to an advisory committee on social services and welfare. Oh, wow. No shit. Yeah. Nixon's, somebody in Nixon's administration rewarded her and said, wow. we're going to give you a government job. Thank you for organizing. And yeah. maybe we want you on our side instead of against us. Um, Much good that did Nixon. And then the last, <laughs> then the last quote I wanted to read of hers was in 1983. She said, "A domestic worker is a counselor, a doctor, a nurse. She cares for the family she works for as she cares about her own. And domestic workers have never been recognized as a part of the labor force." And yeah, accurate, I, I, accurate. Yeah, yeah. I, she just 
told the truth, was never afraid to say it, spoke truth to power, and lived to be 81. And it's had so many successes. I'm blown away by this woman. So thank you, Dorothy Bolden. Thank That's you, Dorothy fantastic. Bolden. I like what she's saying about domestic workers not being recognized in the labor force. There's a, you know, there's sort of a, in, in, you know, feminist theory and such that the way that, one of the ways you can kind of keep women down is you, that you say, you know, the work that women do at home is not skilled labor, right? Mm-hmm. Like housework yeah. is not skilled. Yet we know that's not true because little girls had been raised for years to have to learn their entire life all of the skills required to yeah. run a household. You don't just know these things, right? You know, and so I, I I love that she was early on saying, no, this is this is work, this is skilled labor, and and then I love it should that. count as part of our GDP. Yeah, and that she also basically called out the bullshit on the Jim Crow laws and how like mm-hmm. I mean I feel like that's a that is a message I've only recently come into is understanding like how the prison system continues mm-hmm. all those laws that they say have, you know don't exist anymore and mm-hmm. she calls that out way before her time in terms of like the general message that. Oh, yeah. Gosh, I wonder, why weren't we talking about her? I want to learn about her in school. (laughs) Yeah. She should be bundled in with Martin Luther King and that whole section of history. Mm -hmm. She was a massive player. How did um, things end for her? Uh, I didn't see how she died. I think it said that they don't know how she died. Okay. But she's 81. So but it wasn't a lot of drama. It was like it doesn't seem like there was yeah. And... Yeah, it doesn't seem like there was drama with it. Not like she was assassinated. That probably would have been a bigger story. Wow. That's cool. amazing. What a legacy. So, anyway, thank you for listening. If you want to support the show, leave us a review on iTunes. It makes us more searchable and helps us find new listeners, or you can just tell a friend about the show. That also helps us find new listeners. You can reach out to us on Instagram if you have any ideas for broads for future episodes at broads you should know or send us an email at broads you should know at gmail.com we will be back next week to tell you all about another broad that you should know or you can head to our website broads you should know.com to find all of the resources and, and sources that we've used to find this information thanks again for listening and see you next week